acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pays tribute to people of the past by telling their stories today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're reflecting on the day when four American pilots took a careless joyride through the Italian Alps and caused the death of 20 innocent people. The day was February 3rd, 1998. 20 civilians were killed when a U.S. military jet severed the cable of a ski lift while flying recklessly low in the Italian Alps. The accident occurred at the Alpe Shermise Ski Resort, close to the town of Cavalese in the Dolomite Mountains. When the cable was cut, a ski lift tram crashed to the ground, claiming the lives of all 19 passengers and the operator. In Italy, the incident became known as the Massacre of Shermise. Earlier that day, a twin-engine Prowler aircraft belonging to the U.S. Marine Corps left the Aviano Air Base in northeastern Italy. The four-man crew consisted of the pilot, Captain Richard Ashby, 
his navigator, Captain Joseph Schweitzer, and two electronic warfare officers, Captain William Rainey and Captain Chandler Seagraves. The plane was dispatched on a routine assignment and was to serve as the final training flight before Ashby was promoted to fighter pilot. It should have been an uneventful flight, but the crew's apparent disregard for military regulations ensured it would be anything but. During the training mission, the four Marine officers decided to perform low-altitude flight maneuvers over a populated ski resort. To be clear, these, quote, Top Gun antics, as they were later called, were not part of the flight schedule. In fact, the Alpine Valley near Cavalese, where they were flying, was completely off-limits to the pilots. It was a popular area for skiing, and its many small villages and ski slopes attracted visitors from all over the world. Even the most inexperienced pilot would know that's not the kind of area in which a plane should be flown at virtually ground level. And that's not much of an exaggeration either. The Prowler aircraft, whose call sign was Easy one flew through the valley near Cavalese at just 110 meters, or 360 feet, above the ground, far below the 2,000-foot altitude restriction of the area. The plane was also flying more than 100 miles per hour faster than regulations permitted. When the Easy one struck the supporting cable lines of the ski lift, it was going 621 miles per hour. One of the crew members in the back seat would later tell a prosecution team that when the jet cut the cable, Captain Ashby had been doing a barrel roll. The collision occurred at about 3 p.m. When the support cable was severed, a bright yellow cable car plunged 260 feet onto the rocks and snow below. All 20 occupants died almost instantly. A second ski gondola was left dangling from the cable, but thankfully its lone occupant was later rescued, shaken but unharmed. The accident took the lives of ski enthusiasts from all over Europe, including eight Germans, five Belgians, three Italians, two Poles, one Dutch citizen, and one Austrian. As for the Easy One, the plane sustained damage to its wing and tail, but continued flying and eventually returned safely to base. Court documents later revealed that once the plane had landed, the backseat officers, Rainey and Seagraves, got off right away. Meanwhile, Schweitzer and Ashby stayed behind. When they were alone on board, they took the videotape that had recorded the flight and replaced it with a blank one. The same documents also show that Schweitzer later took the tape to an alley behind a bar and burned it. Meanwhile, Italian officials spent the rest of the day and night recovering the bodies of 20 people. Graphic photos of the crushed gondola and snowy, blood-stained ridge appeared in newspapers and TV reports all over the world, sparking outrage. Local residents and officials spoke on Italian TV the night of the accident. They referred to what happened as, quote, inevitable due to the U.S. military's illegal practice of flying too low in the Shermese Valley, something they say had happened several times before. One regional official, Carlo Ancelotti, told reporters, quote, This was a tragedy just waiting to happen, one we have been frightened would happen. Both the province and Cavalese Town Council 
have repeatedly and regularly complained about the danger of these military flights. Some of these planes even amused themselves by flying in below the cable car lines. In the weeks that followed, the Italian and U.S. governments both launched criminal investigations into what became known as the Cavalese cable car disaster. President Bill Clinton apologized to the families of the victims and assured them justice would be served. However, in accordance with NATO rules, U.S. courts didn't have jurisdiction over the case, and neither did Italian officials. The case could only be tried by the U.S. military. This led to widespread concern that the men involved in the accident would be shielded from the full consequences of their actions, a fear that sadly proved justified. At first, all four officers were charged with crimes, with Ashby, who had manned the controls, facing a total of more than two centuries in a military prison. In the end, only Schweitzer and Ashby were recommended for general court-martial. In early 1999, the two men appeared in a military court at Camp Lejeune on 20 counts of involuntary manslaughter and negligent homicide. The captain's defense lawyers argued that the crew hadn't been given up-to-date flight directives or even maps that showed the location of ski lift cable lines. As a result, they were allegedly unaware of the most recent speed restrictions or of their proximity to a populated area. As for their flaunting of that 2,000-foot altitude restriction, well, that wasn't their fault either, because the plane's altimeter had malfunctioned. After a two-month trial, the plane's pilot and navigator were both acquitted of criminal charges. Although they had admitted to flying too low and too fast, the jury felt that the evidence presented showed that blame for the accident was shared among many others in the Marine Corps chain of command. Because of that, they decided not to hold the flight crew criminally responsible. That said, Ashby and Schweitzer were court-martialed again that year on charges of obstructing justice by destroying the video evidence of their flight. Both were found guilty and dismissed from the Marine Corps, and Ashby was sentenced to six months in military prison. Four months into his term, he was released on good behavior. In terms of victim compensation, Italy paid $1.9 million for each of the 20 lives lost. As for the U.S., President Clinton had promised monetary compensation to victims of the disaster. South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond tried to follow through on that by introducing a bill that would have established a $40 million fund for the victims' families. Congress ultimately rejected the proposal. However, NATO treaty rules later compelled the U.S. government to send Italy over $28 million in victim compensation. By most reckonings, the families of the dead did not receive the justice they deserved. Instead, the offending nation gave them a compulsory cash payment, along with some televised sympathy and a trial that amounted to little more than a slap on the wrist. More than two decades have passed since the massacre of Shermiz. It's remembered today as an act of tragic recklessness, a lingering grief for those affected, and a lasting disgrace to those responsible. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. 
If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast! Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.